it is going to be quite a week in Washington, D.C. Amen? It is going to be a little bit crazy. Have you looked on the maps to see all of the places, all the streets that are going to be closed? Anybody who's downtown? Telecommute? I know some churches downtown, Presbyterian churches, that are just closing for the whole week because nobody's going to be able to get there with Pope Francis coming and all of his security and all of the many, many people who want to just see him. He has brought a grace to Christianity on a global scale. He has brought a face to Christianity that is bringing joy to the world. People see in this Pope one who has made the poor central to his ministry, one who is speaking truth to power, and people just want to be there because in his presence they see something of God. And as a world leader, Pope Francis will meet with President Obama and then he's going to go into Congress and challenge Congress on climate change. Who would like to be there to see what happens? Is that going to be just amazing? And when Obama, uh, when the Pope, don't want to confuse the two of those, when Pope Francis leaves Washington, D.C., he's going to go to New York and he's going to talk with the U.N. But next Friday... At 4 o'clock, he's going to be in East Harlem. He's going to be at a school where he's going to thank immigrants. And one woman, Irma, who was smuggled by her parents into the U.S. from Mexico when she was 16, cannot wait to just touch him. He will be thanking her for embroidering the linens that he will use at Mass at Madison Square Garden later on Sunday. And when he has thanked this immigrant who was smuggled into the U.S., he's going to go and sit with the third and fourth graders and teach them about climate change. I think the reason that we see something of the grace of God in Pope Francis is because Pope Francis sees the face of God in the littlest and the least, and he's not afraid to come down from high places and embrace those who are the lowest and the least. So, our gospel tells us to see the face of God in the child. And, of course, we don't have any problem with this. Children in our culture are little cherubs. Jesus came to us as a child. 
as that little baby, and we know that Jesus was the perfect baby, that Jesus never cried, Jesus never had a dirty diaper. And that is exactly the kind of child that Jesus pulled in before these disciples. Not. When Jesus pulled a child in before the disciples, I am convinced that this was a rowdy child. That this was a child who was trying to get away from Jesus. That's why he had to embrace him. The child was going to run away. This was an unruly little girl or boy and probably the child of a slave. And the disciples were totally confused about what Jesus was doing. See, Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus was going to be the king. He was God's anointed. And when Jesus came into his kingdom... Jesus was going to be the new David, and they were going to be on his right and on his left, and they were going to help rule the new Jerusalem. This talk about death and danger and being killed, we're going into major denial. And yet, there's this fear swirling around. Right? And let's get on top of that fear. We've done good. We've climbed the ladder. We're with Jesus. We're great. And then Jesus smashes it and pulls him right back down and says, This is where you meet God. Nobody wanted to deal with children, especially not the men in that time. The children didn't even count as human beings until they reached a certain age because nobody knew if they were going to live that long. Jesus embraces the lowest, the littlest, the unwanted, the subhuman. and asks us to see the face of God. Jesus puts a child in our midst today. Jesus says that in the child, there is healing, in the vulnerability, there can be change when we are vulnerable and there is only the naked humanity of one life dependent on another, that is where there is transformation and healing happens, not just for us, but for the world. Nobody wants to be vulnerable. It's frightening. But Jesus puts this child in our midst to show us the vulnerability of humankind. This little child is Muslim. And there is all this fear swirling around. We know what we see when we see the Muslim. We see the towers coming down. 
We see ISIS. We see the Muslim Brotherhood. We see the Boston bombers. We see the terrorists. Even in a child, 14 years old, who was put in handcuffs because he came to school with something that had wires. At a family dinner over the summer, I tried to say that not all Muslims were terrorists, and I got shouted down. Shouted down. And then I read that we're not taking in the refugees as we should because there's political controversy that some terrorists may get in in these poor women and children and men who are fleeing for their lives. I think that there's also maybe a little bit of fear and denial in that vulnerability of folks who had good jobs and had a life and had nice homes. And it says, you know what? That could happen to us. No, it can't. Oh, yeah. We are vulnerable human beings. But it's politically unpopular. They may take away our jobs. They may threaten our religion. And we're polarized and paralyzed, and we sit and watch with absolute horror as another razor wire fence goes up and another child drowns at sea. And I don't know about you, but I wonder if that were me and my child, would I have made that decision? Would I have been that desperate? And if I were, would I make it onto the bus? Would my child be able to be with me? When they ran through the cornfields, would I have been able to find some place to be safe? And it's frightening. But that is where the healing happens. When we can recognize the fear and we can have the courage to embrace the vulnerable one, the unwanted one, the one who needs us and is most dependent on us. Our nation has a choice to make. We can continue down a path of fear and violence, or we can look upon those in the most need and see the face of God. Now, we're taking in 10,000 refugees, but in the face of millions, it's nothing. The International Refugee Committee is calling on the U.S. to take in 65,000. With the rigorous background checks, it can take up to two years for a refugee to be cleared to enter the United States. Two years. Our policy makes it impossible to offer anyone any kind of immediate sanctuary. 
somebody has to be referred by the UN Commission on Refugees and then have the background checked and then they can come to the United States. The Presbyterian Church has not cried out loud enough, but it is important to know that your church is calling all to urge Congress and our president to do three things. Number one, commit to resettling at least 100,000 refugees, to increase humanitarian aid for those in crisis, and three, to make finding peace ending the violence in Syria the number one foreign policy priority. Our denomination has been on the ground in Syria since the conflict began, helping to rebuild those houses that have been destroyed in places that it is deemed safe to do so. The Presbyterian disaster assistance folks are there with partners in mission with the refugees. And they're here in the United States working with Church World Service to resettle some thousand refugees who are not nothing. The UN High Commissioner for Refugees has already referred 18,000 people with special needs and survivors of torture and women who have lost their husbands and more than half of the 18,000 they have referred are children. We will in this congregation embrace at least one refugee family. Last Tuesday night, your session voted to begin to explore what that would mean and how that would happen and what the logistics are. And already session members have been on the phone and have been researching and speaking with leaders in our denomination. They're getting ready for us to prepare to welcome a family. It's going to take a long time for someone to get here. But there is a Syrian refugee settlement area in Silver Spring, and we're lucky for that because that gives us the opportunity to embrace God. Susan Price is present in our congregation today. And Susan, would you just stand up? And Nikki Heideprim is present in our congregation today. Would you stand? These are two of the session members who are taking leadership on this. And if you would like to be a part of this, then I ask you to find Susan or find Nikki and get with them so that we can be ready when a family or two comes to us. We will be ready because we will have learned about the Middle East. Pastor Fouad is going to be teaching through this lecture series. We will learn what Islam is and what Islam is not. We will be gathering the resources. 
we will be making connections and begin already to embrace those that others, and maybe in some part of ourselves with all of the unconscious bias and the swirling fear, we will embrace those with whom we have an opportunity to find healing and peace for ourselves, for our nation, for the world. Our nation has the opportunity to be truly great. Not high and mighty great. Not strength of might and military great, although all of this is part of who we are, this is an opportunity to be truly great. To embrace the lowest and to be who we were founded to be. The place where those who were rejected for their religion found sanctuary, where those who were escaping persecution were able to create a new life. We have the opportunity to be what our God who embraces the refugee and the unwanted would call us to be. And as followers of Jesus, we have that special role to play in helping others see the divine in Islam, the divine in the Muslim. The Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. preached a sermon on this passage in which he said, anyone can be great because anyone can serve. And that's what Jesus says. If you want to be first, you have to be last and be the servant. So if we want to be first and we want to be great, we have to be there embracing and serving. And we shall be great. We shall as a nation, as a church, be truly great. And as we have seen beautifully in Pope Francis sitting with the third and fourth graders in East Harlem, we shall see the face of God. Amen.